All right, that was very extremely weak. You got me bored. Come on, good morning. Anybody excited to get into the word with me this morning? Come on. Amen, amen. Woo. All right. Let's settle down. Let's settle in. I want you to notice the captain has turned down the no smoking signs and the fasten your seatbelt signs. This is not time to be walking around. This is time to get, get in your seat, get, get ready, get excited, get your pens and papers and your notes and your note takers and your tweets and your tweeters out. Amen. Amen. Tell the person next to you, I came to hear the word. So déjame quieto. That means, that means, leave me alone. Amen? All right. Father, we just thank you for your word. I just pray, God, that your word would come forth. Not my thoughts, not my ideas, but your word which has the power, which is alive and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. I pray that it would cut through the nonsense, cut through our presuppositions, cut through those things that we think and imagine, Lord God, and get right to the heart and have your way in us and change us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys can lower this a little bit. Here's the quote this morning. For many people, an excuse is better than an achievement because an achievement leaves you having to prove yourself again, but an excuse can last for life. Toma. Somebody once says, he that is good for making excuses is seldom good for anything else. And just to bring it to the words, just so you don't think it's all desparate, Romans 1.20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have clearly been seen from what has been made so that men are without excuse. Tell somebody, no excuses this morning. Amen. So we started a series last week. For those of you that got tricked into coming to church for Back to Church Sunday. Amen. Amen. How many of you got tricked this week again? Praise God. Let me just expose it for what it is. That was a trick. That was a marketing campaign to get you here. But the only reason we did it is because we love you. It's because we believe God has better for you. It's because we believe that this is a safe place where you can grow and be loved on and love on and, and be what God created you to be. Amen? Amen? So we're glad you're here. We started a series last week called The Original Plan. And this week we're going to Go with the original plan, part two. So let's do the memory verse. Bless you, bro. Let's do the memory verse for this series. It's going to be Proverbs 19.21. Read it with me. Many are the plans in the mind of man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. 
Amen? So like we said last week, to find that purpose, we need to go back to the original plan, right? So we need to understand, you, you understand that to, to find out what something is purpose to do, you have to go to the original plan, amen? You, to, to find out what a creation is supposed to be about, you go to the creator, amen? You go to the, in, to the manual, that's something us men don't have a, a real good track record of doing, right? We buy something and throw the manual right out because men don't believe in reading manuals. Come on, guys. Don't let me hang in. When, when do we pull the manual out? When something goes wrong, right? When you got six extra pieces and that thing is wobbling, you're like, wait a minute. This looks like a support. This, this should go someplace on this thing. And so we go back to the manual, just like real life, right? We only go back to the manual when we have some issues, when we run into problems, when we... All right, come on, man. Let's go. Let's go. So, so we started in the original plan. We started last week in Genesis, and we're going to take it right from there where we left off. And those of you that are old-timers, you've been in church 100 years, you say, man, I don't need to know nothing from Genesis. I know that story backwards and forwards. Let me tell you, I've been preaching for over 400 sermons. And every time I go back to Genesis, I learn something. And every time I tell this story, God shows me something different. So stay teachable, Amen. All right, so let me set up the scenario for you real quick where we left off and we'll jump off from there. Genesis 1 and 2, we read that God creates this world filled with incredible wonder, right? With everything that we could ever want or desire, things that were pleasing to our eyes, to our, to our sense, senses, our hearing. Every flavor that we could imagine was created, every fruit, every seed. Like today we take our kids to the zoo and we got to pay, you know, $46 so that the kids could look and be amazed by these animals. Adam and Eve sat on their porch in a tree swing and just while eating mangoes and canepas. And just watched all these animals all around them. He watched like monkeys playing tricks on giraffes. And it was just all day, right? There was no HBO. This was entertainment for them. It's just, imagine just the, the majesty that God created, right? And so, you know, we read, God made man from the dust. He breathed spirit into him. He made woman out of man. And he performed the first marriage, right? And we were, we were kind of there last week. And imagine... Imagine Adam and Eve telling their kids the, the, that story. Imagine Adam and Eve say, you know what? Telling their kids, we were the first two members of ChristianMingle.com. <laughs> Word up. We were the first two. We were the only two, so we hooked up. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> and I mean, it was, it was amazing. And the kids were like, but where'd you get married? Oh, it was like paradise. No, really, it was paradise. Who married you? Like the Lord himself married us. I mean, that's a great story to tell, right? He even bought us a condo in the Garden of Eden complex. I mean, and daddy paid for everything, praise God. It's a great story. All right, so the original plan was for man to work. Say amen. amen. The original plan was is if, if... All right, let me not go there again. <laughs> It was for man to work and have dominion over the earth. And the only other command he was given was to be fruitful and to multiply. Praise God. So God creates this garden of Eden. Understand to a Hebrew audience, the word Eden trans would translate to them as delight, as luxury. So, so, so God creates this place of luxurious delight. 
of sustaining provision. And he puts man in it. And in verse 16 he tells him, And the Lord God commanded the man saying, You may surely eat of every tree in the garden. Say praise God. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day you eat of it, you will surely die. So it's important to note that God gave the command to Adam before Eve was even made. So the responsibility, the leadership rested on Adam. See, when God looks at the family, he sees the leadership of the man. Whether good or bad, faithful or faithless, the call of leadership and responsibility rested and has been placed on the man's head. See, this doesn't preach too well nowadays. Because women are the head of the house. Because women are running companies. Because women are in charge. So, so this doesn't preach well today. But, but we, and, and, and we can't even blame you. We, we can't even hold that against you. Because the, the fact of the matter is that, you know, the men, the men today, they don't want to be fruitful. They just want to play with the fruit. I'm just saying. And that's why, my single ladies... It's important that you choose with purpose. That's why my single ladies and my single gentlemen, it's important that your two are united and have the same goal. Uh, but that's a whole nother message, so let's move on. So, so here they were in the Garden of Eden. That was a bonus. You get that for free. So, so, so there they were in the Garden of Delight with the freedom of a thousand trees and the forbiddance of one. It's important to see God that way. They had the blessing of a thousand yeses and the warning of one no. You know how the world likes to twist everything with God is no, no, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't. No, they had a thousand yeses and one no. Okay, move on. Genesis 3. Genesis 3 starts with a talking snake. And we find out later that snake was in fact the, an appearance of Satan. Who's Satan? Good question. We learn from many passages, and especially in Ezekiel 28, Satan, before the fall, was an angel of the highest rank and prominence. He actually led worship. So Satan was a worship leader that got too full of himself. Come on. Isaiah 14 tells us that his fall had to do with his desire to be equal to or greater than God. So his desire to establish his own kingdom when God, you know, that, that's, that was the, the source of his fall. So when God creates the Garden of Eden, a place of provision and delight, and puts man in it and gives man dominion over it, Satan's plan is, since I can't steal God's dominion, I'll steal man's. Come on. Come on, this is revelation. If this, this will help your walk. Every struggle that we have here on earth is a struggle for dominion. Every struggle that we have here on earth is a struggle for kingdom authority. It's a struggle for power. This is key. This will change your life. Listen, when you're walking in God's will today, in, in, in this New Testament world, when we're walking in God's will, we've been, when we've been reconciled with God, we're children of God, and we're citizens of His kingdom. We're, we're in this world, but not of it. We're citizens of His kingdom. So that means wherever we live is a garden of Eden. Come on, this will change your life. you got to get this. 
Wherever we step is a Garden of Eden. What's a Garden of Eden? A Garden of Eden was the place of luxurious delight. It was the place of provision. It was the place where all of our needs are available to us. A place where he supplies. A place where he provides. In, in Eden, we're called to work and have dominion over everything and to be fruitful and multiply. Multiply doesn't mean that we just have to keep having more kids. Multiply means that we have to keep making more of us. Thank you. Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? On earth. How? As it is in heaven. So let it be on earth as it is. Listen, we're never going to see the perfection and the glory that we're going to see in heaven, but we can experience kingdom here as it is in heaven. You've got to get this because too many Christians, we're satisfied with garbage here in hopes of heaven. And so we live with our, you know, our hope and I don't care over here, I don't care. And what we do is, we, fine, we'll still get there. But we'll waste all the opportunity that God has for us here. God wants us to walk as kingdom citizens here. Somebody somebody got to get that today. See, when you realize who you are and, and who you're called to be, when you grasp that, then you start kingdom living. What's kingdom living? Kingdom living is getting jobs that you don't have the paper for. Come on. Come on. It's getting jobs that say you need to have six degrees and 19 years experience and you walk in there and say, I could do this thing. And you do it. And you do it well. And you do it better than the guy with paper. Because there's favor on your life. That's, that's kingdom living. You reap where you haven't sown. That means debts get paid off by coincidence. Anybody ever had that happen? Come on. See, there's proof. There's four or five of you up in here that that happens. The rest of you are like me, please. Next. <laughs> that's kingdom living. That's, that's when opportunities drop right in front of you. Anybody? Come on. <laughs> Anybody ever? You've been walking in a certain situation and the opportunity falls right in front of you. You're like, wait a minute. You, if this was a week later, I would have been here already and the opportunity would have been behind me. If this was a month earlier, I never would have got there because I would have turned before I got there. But when you're in kingdom living, walking in the garden of Eden, everything that God has, all your riches, all, everything will be supplied unto you. God, God says, I'll supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. If, if that's not true, then everything's a lie. Amen. So, so, uh, but now understand something. Yeah, and you know, some other preachers will say it this way, higher levels, greater devils. Understand something. Here's how I want you to see it. Whenever we find ourselves having dominion in the garden, understand you can be sure that there's a snake in the grass. <laughs> and so the serpent enters the garden and he speaks to Eve. And his game then and still is this, question God's goodness and sin's badness. This is, uh, if, if you really break down every experience you've ever had, every time you've been tempted, every, it, it God, the enemy will always question God's goodness and question sin's badness. 
Is God that really that good? And is sin really that bad? And that'll be the, the, the question. So with Eve, Satan takes God's positive command. You can eat every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of evil, you shall not eat. And he rephrases it to her. And he says, man, God won't let you eat out of any tree. You have people like this in your life from time to time. Come on. They'll always make you question, is God good? Is God really that good? And they'll always make you, understand that that's snake talk. Get that in your mind, that that's snake talk. And, and now, from now on, if you choose to continue that conversation, then don't be surprised when you're always discouraged. Don't be surprised when your Christian walk is so hard, it's so challenging. No, it's because you're listening to snake talk all day. You're letting the snake put plant doubt in your mind. And, and with the snake talk. Get away. Get away. Amen. So, but, but look at what happens in the scenario here. Eve proves that she doesn't really know much or that Adam hasn't taught her much. We like to put the blame on Eve, but I'm holding Adam accountable. She proves that, that she doesn't really know much, maybe because Adam hasn't really taught her much. She says in verse three, chapter 3, verse 2, she says, No, we can eat from the trees, but God did say... And she says, you must not eat from the tree that's in the middle of the garden. She don't even know the name of the tree. And she says, um, of, that, of, of that tree, you can't even touch it or you're going to die. God, how many of you know God didn't say that? God didn't say nothing about touching this. That. God made it really clear. You can eat from every tree of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You must not. But she doesn't know. And so the enemy planted a seed of doubt in her. And he's exposed Eve's incomplete understanding of God's word. Listen to me. Eve was deceived because she didn't know God's word. Ay, ay, ay. Sound the alarm. Come on. Sound the alarm. You will be deceived if you don't know God's word. That's why you have to do more than come to, to hear somebody preach. You need to know God's word. Because, listen, I, I listen to preaching all day. I listen to two or three sermons a day. I, I, I like to waste that train ride. I don't like to waste it. I'm, I'm listening to two or three sermons a day. And I hear, and I listen to pretty, you know, I, I like to give myself a good range of this kind to this kind, of this to this. And, and I'll tell you, in there, even sometimes in the more famous, popular ones, I hear a lot of junk. And, and sometimes I hear these great points and I'm like, oh man, that'll preach. I'm going to use that. And then I go home and I go to my word because I want to prepare it to serve it to you and I can't find it. And I said, but, but he said that this verse says this and this and this. And, and I look at it in this translation, this translation, this. I look at it in English, Spanish, Portuguese. I mean, whatever. I'm trying to find where this guy saw this and it's not there. So it's dangerous. You can't just listen to one guy. You need to study your word. You need to know your word. Amen? Okay. So, so Eve, listen, if you don't know God's word, it can be distorted all day. If Eve had known the word of God firmly, she wouldn't have messed with the snake talk. She would have rebuked them. She would have got Bronx ghetto girl on the snake. She would have rolled her neck. She would have pointed her finger. She would have said, listen, son. 
My God is good. He has given me everything I need to live a life of peace, of unity, of love with him. I can go anywhere I please. He's given me dominion over this entire place. As a matter of fact, Mr. Slippery One, you in my hood right now. And what God has said was, I don't know why I make Eve ghetto, but still. What God has said was, if we eat from that tree, the tree of the knowledge of good, if we eat from that tree, we will surely die. So you can hang over there if you want to, but as for me and my house, Eve said, if I had 99 problems, that tree wouldn't be one of them. And then, this is my scenario, somewhere in the middle of that speech, Adam would have choked that serpent out and, and whispered in his ear and said, listen, next time you have any questions, you come and talk to me. Amen. See, the problem today is we left our women to fight all the battles. We left our women alone in the garden. We've left them to do the work and carry the responsibility that we were given to carry. I wish there was some men in here that said, I broke that curse. Come on. So, so Eve, Eve shows the enemy that she doesn't know God's word. And so then he moves in for the kill with an outright contradiction of what God said. Before he was just twisting it. Now he, he tested her. He said, oh, you don't really know anything, do you? You don't really know how strong you are. You don't really know the dominion you have. I could play you right now, right? And so he tells her, surely you won't die. Surely you're not going to die. And we fall for that snake talk all the time. When you don't know something, people can tell you anything. Come on. So she eats the forbidden fruit. She gives them to her husband and that dummy eats it too. And the next verse, it says, they realized they were naked. All this time, they're running around naked, happy. Naked and unashamed. It says after they tasted of sin, they realized they were naked. Understand something. They didn't just realize they were nude. They realized they were uncovered. I mean, you know, there's a difference between being nude and being uncovered. You can, you can, when you step out from where God wants you to be, you can be fully clothed and naked. Uncovered. Oh, come on. That's good preaching. That's... That's better preaching than your amen and I don't know. So, so what do they do? They realize they're naked. They realize they're uncovered. And so they make a covering for themselves. They, 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 they realize and they try to, they get these, live, you, you, they find these fig leaves. And they make cover, they sewed fig leaves together. You want to know where the first religion got started? In the garden when Adam and Eve tried to cover themselves. When they realized they were uncovered, they tried to provide a cover for themselves. Fig leaves is the perfect picture of religion. Imagine using leaves to make clothes. Think about this for a minute in the natural. 
Every time you turn, they would rip. Right? Especially some of us with curves, right? Not me, I don't got none, but you know what I'm saying. If you make clothes out of leaves, every time you turn, they would rip. Every time you went to tie your shoe, they would rip and you'd be uncovered. It's the perfect picture of religion. When you try to cover yourself to present yourself holy to God, to present yourself good enough for God, it's, it's a fig leaf religion. Do you want to, this is, this will blow your mind. God's original plan never involved religion. <laughs> there was no religion in God's original plan. And as a matter of fact, right now, there really are only two religions in the whole world. It's the religion of fig leaves and the religion of God's perfect provision in Jesus Christ. So God sees the covering that they have. He sees their fig tree religion and he provides one for them. He makes them clothes of leather. Somebody say praise God. Adam and Eve was rocking leather. <laughs> it sounds cool, but what's not cool about it is where the leather came from. That means something had to die to cover them. Nothing up to this point had ever died in, in the Garden of Eden. Nothing died. Everything was life. So something had to die See, Hebrews, Hebrews 9.22 says, Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. There's no forgiveness. There's no cancellation of debt. There has to be the shedding. The, 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 the covering required a sacrifice. And so God comes, and you know the story. He, he asks Adam, well, what have you done, man? And, and Adam starts with the excuses. It's that, that chica you gave me, man. And he goes to, to her and says, what, what happened, man? What, what did you do? And she said, it wasn't me. It was the talking snake. He deceived me. And so they get thrown out of the garden because, listen to me, excuses will never allow you to stand where you are not qualified to stand. So the consequences of their sin unfold. The serpent is cursed. He tells the serpent, because of what you've done, you're going to crawl on your belly from now on. And then he says, and the seed of this woman, you're going to bruise his heel, but he's going to crush your head. And we know that that's a prophetic picture of the Messiah, which will be crucified. He'll be bruised, but then he'll arise and have victory. He'll crush the head of the enemy. Amen? Amen. Come on. So then he tells to the woman, you, and you, you're going to have great pain in bearing children. If you guys are mad about labor, blame it on Eve. That wasn't God's original plan. She will, you will have great pain in bearing children and your desire will be for her, your husband and he will rule over you. And to the man he turns and he says, now by the sweat of your face you will eat bread. In other words, you're going to have to work hard to earn bread. He's saying, it's not going to come easy like it came in the garden. Because of you, the ground is going to be cursed. It's going to produce thorns and thistles for you. It used to produce only good. Now thorns will grow in it as well. So can you imagine? The land used to only produce good. 
seed and fruit and vegetable. And now he's saying, now it's not going to be that easy. It's cursed. So it's going to produce the seed and the, and, the, and the fruit and all that, but that's going to require work. You're going to have to sweat. And it's also going to freely produce thorns and thistles. That stuff is going to come freely. Thorns, thorns, are, are gonna, thorns are also a symbol of, of struggles and difficult times. The final consequence... They're thrown out of the Garden of Eden. And they're kept out. He says, be, 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 God says, because in the, in the Garden of Eden, there was also the tree of life. And, and God didn't want them to eat from the tree of life and live forever in that state of sinfulness. And so he blocked access to the Garden of Eden. He put cherubim, these flaming, these angels with flaming swords going in each and every direction. So he blocked access. Uh, can you imagine? You, you're living in paradise. And now you're kicked out of paradise. And the entrance to paradise are these terrifying angels with flaming swords that you'll never get past. And so understand how Adam and Eve would, would think, think this. In the Garden of Eden, there was the place where they had fellowship with God. In the Garden of Eden, they used to be in God's presence. And now, as a result of their sin, their access to God in that manner has been removed. And so what are the results of this fall? We're sep all of us are separated from God. Sin entered into the world. Death came to all mankind. Do you understand? They didn't die before. God's original plan didn't make us to die. Now, from this moment on, Adam, Eve are going to start to experience the deteriorating of their body. What that means? They're going to get old. They're going to break down. You know that God, God was an original plan? Isn't that amazing? And so now, now they're kept. The, the, the results are death came to mankind. All men are condemned. All men were made sinners. But there's good news. Amen? Ushers, you guys can come and help me. There's good news. Because the gospel is good news. And, and the, the, the reason there's good news is because the prophecy that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent was fulfilled in Jesus. You, watch this now. Jesus is referred to in the word as the last Adam. So we have the first Adam and we have the last Adam. God gives us a do-over. Come on, get excited about that. Get it? Tell somebody, God's giving you a do-over. Look, oh, come on, man. You know when you play, you know when you were kids and you played a game and you messed up and, and the first, as long as you shouted this, you could do have another chance. Do over, do over. No, do over. And your other kids, your cousins would be like, ah, oh, come on, man. I never win with you. No, do over, do over. Right? Well, listen, God has given us a do over. We're still his kids, right? And God is saying, I'm giving you a do over. Come on. So the first, watch this, watch this beautiful picture. The first Adam sinned in a garden, the Garden of Eden. The last Adam obeyed God in the garden, the Garden of Gethsemane. Come on. The first Adam, he disobeyed by eating fruit from the tree and was cursed. The last Adam, Jesus, hung on a tree and became a curse. So as the result of that curse, the curse on our lives can be broken. 
God said, by the sweat of your brow, you will work to eat bread. Jesus' sweat, he sweat blood from his brow in the garden of Gethsemane, breaking the curse so that our work could be fulfilling. Come on. Praise God, somebody. Sweat also symbolizes the law where people had to please God only through the hard work of doing everything right. When Jesus died, we no longer have to work to earn God's love. It's a free gift. So we can partake of the bread without the sweat of religion. Oh, come on. Somebody better get excited. Come on. Come right along here. Come right along here. You guys can come right on. Stay right across the front, ushers. Listen to me. The curse on the land was that thorns would grow from it. Oh. The last Adam, Jesus, had a crown of thorns put on his head. Those thorns pierced his head and blood was on them. The blood broke the curse of the thorns. Somebody got to get excited. The, bro the blood broke the curse on the ground, meaning where there was lack and struggle, there could be blessing, there could be prosperity for those who receive him. Listen to me, God's original plan for his creation was to know him, that we would walk with him, that we would be in his presence. When the first Adam sinned, God put cherubim with flaming angels in front of the entrance to the Garden of Eden so that they could no longer walk with them and be in his presence. Since that time, when God God had his people create the tabernacle, the place where God dwelled, when, when deep inside the tabernacle there were the holy of holies, and in that place was the place where there was communion with God, where you can feel the presence of God, but that place was limited, and not everybody could go into the holy of holies, it was blocked, only the high priest could go into the holy of holies, and only once a year, and only under the blood, and under sacrifice of covering, well listen, we read in Exodus, he says this is the way that God wanted the tabernacle built he said the tabernacle with 10 curtains of finely twisted linen and blue and purple and scarlet yarn with cherubim woven into the fabric get the picture so access to the holy of holies was blocked by the veil well listen to me when jesus died